Hey, this is Alex Turcotte. Hey, this is Doc Emmerich here. Hey, this is Sean Avery. Hey, this is Jamie Baker. Hey, this is Jason Zucker. And you're listening to... And you're listening to... And you're listening to... And you're listening to the Tomahawk Roundup. All right, so what is going on, guys? This is Frank Zorowski here with the Tomahawk Roundup, and I am joined by Zach Fish, the voice of the Hershey Bears, play-by-play. Zach, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing well. Certainly uh, wishing we at the rink right now, but looking forward, obviously, to whatever's next, and appreciate chatting uh, hockey this time of year. Absolutely love trying to fill the void of the sports right now. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Korean baseball was on... Uh, Last night was up too late watching that, but uh, old games, I guess, has uh, scratched the itch a little bit, but certainly, you know, you're thinking about, oh, it should have been playoff time now along those lines, but had a real successful season here in, in Hershey, obviously the affiliate of the Washington Capitals, and some very good prospects down here, and, and things, are, things are going well out here in Chocolate Town, everybody's healthy I'm just looking forward to when we can get back on the ice. Absolutely. So how have you grown as an announcer going from Dubuque in the USHL to the coast with the Carolina Stingrays and now to the American League with the Hershey Bears? How have you grown as an announcer? You know, the biggest thing uh, is repetitions in broadcasting and and getting as many games as you can under your belt job too small that's what i tell you know prospective broadcasters and i listened to a lot of tapes of broadcasters it was just a few years ago that was me uh how to graduating out of St. cloud state which is a great school if you're looking for a place to go to go to a division one hockey program men women's uh you can broadcast on tv and radio there had a great four years there but uh getting the job industry is always a very competitive field and knew i wanted to try my hand at play-by-play and had four years experience so I had that at St. Cloud, but it was going to Dubuque and working in a job that didn't necessarily pay that much in a wonderful league that most should really get behind. You know, a lot of your listeners are from the Chicagoland area for sure, and Chicago Steel right there, go see a game. I mean, it is great hockey that you're seeing a ton of guys that are going to go on to play in the NHL where they're just putting young prospects at that point. They're on the cusp of greatness. So I've grown a ton. The more games you get to do, the better you get. You find your style. Um, working at a like Dubuque, which was, of course, a small market, but where you do everything, it, you learn, get good on the air, off the air, and it builds you as a better broadcaster, a better employee. So I've been lucky with some breaks, with timing, um, and with how things have worked out, but certainly now uh, always studying others, their craft, and just continuing to learn and grow and develop and realize that you know, no spot is a bad spot to develop as a broadcaster. Getting to do that in Dubuque for three seasons, three wonderful years in Dubuque, including a championship, and then in the ECHL where you're a jack of all trades as well. Don't give me for Hershey, but I would be lying with you if I said I don't listen back to my tapes from 2016 when I was trial by fire, thrown in, uh, fed to the wolves a little bit, got there two days before our season started in Hershey. You know, I've gotten so much better since then, and, and was I ready to go to the American League? I might have been rushed in a, a little bit as well. You know what? Uh, I wouldn't have done it any different way. It's made me a better broadcaster, and I feel like uh, four years into the American League, I'm in a good spot where you know I'm just going to continue to get better and set myself up to 
Hopefully have a nice long career doing the best job in the world. Absolutely. It is truly the best job in the world. And you had the chance to broadcast a title game, two of them actually, a Clark Cup championship for the Dubuque Fighting Saints, along with the 2013 World Ju Junior World Cup in Omensk, Russia. How are those two environments different? want to focus specifically on Russia. How is that different than broadcasting in the States? And and with the Clark Cup Championship, what's the mentality like just going into a big championship game as a broadcaster? How do you quell the nerves? Oh, yeah, it's uh, the most exhilarating thing you can get, and I'm hungry for another championship. That's the last one that I won. I've been fortunate that every year that I've been doing this, except uh, so dating back to 2012 when I started full-time here now, so going on a decade, been able to qualify for the playoffs except for one season, and you just get to call exceptional hockey, and let's start with the championship uh, in Dubuque in 2012-13. An exhilarating team uh, that won 45 of the 60 uh, games in the regular season that just was dominant, has some very good players that have gone on to play in the NHL, even some guys that just dominant at that level and a great team we knew we had a real good shot in the playoffs but we were up two to nothing in the series we actually swept fargo in fargo so the clark cup so it wasn't like a you know we lose we could have been out type of thing but we played in a decisive game five the series before it might have nerves going into that game than any broadcast i've ever had but you know we get in the clark cup we go to fargo we know we have a chance to win it there and we're less than a minute away from winning the thing and Fargo scores to tie the game and to force overtime. And I just remember the wind was taken out of my sails there. You're thinking, man, we're this close. So we just let them get back into the series. But, you know, when you broadcast for a team, you see their tendencies. You know the guys, and I knew we were going to win that game. Uh, Frankie DeCharo plays for Reading in the ECHL, went by Frankie DeCharo back then, or was too kind to correct anybody. Um, that's what he was called in his junior days. He scored the winning goal for us jubilation, the excitement, getting to go down the ice and celebrate with our fans, with our people, uh, with our staff. You know, it was just... And then the next year, we got told, hey, um, because you won the championship, the team is qualified to go to the Junior Club World Cup in Olds, Russia. And I'm thinking, where the heck is Olds, Russia? It's in Siberia. Wow. Uh, places. And uh, never in a million years did I think I'd be going to Siberia to be broadcasting hockey. But sure enough, uh, had a great time there. We went to Moscow first, uh, exhibition game at the Red Army Arena against the junior team there. And that was a great experience with all the history in that area and just sightseeing at the Kremlin. And then we flew into Olsk. And it was uh, like a Jekyll and Hyde area where it was, the hotel was beautiful. You walked down the street and it was kind of a desolate area. And then you walk down the tree more, and there was gorgeous shots. So there was some poverty. There was some nicer areas, but the arena was immaculate. And the tournament there was exceptional and very good competition. And we played the Russian team. They packed the building with 10,000 people, and we actually beat the Russian team in qualifying game 6-4, to four, the Oaks Junior Hawks, uh, their team there. And we wound up getting the bronze medal out of that. Getting the call the bronze medal game was a thrill. And here the national after and I, the biggest thing that strikes me out of it is, you know, cultural differences, not speaking the language. And now, obviously, the political landscape has changed quite a bit where, you know, the USHL hasn't gone to that tournament in a couple of years um, just with the uncertainty of affairs uh, with Russia and just hasn't quite happened. But I'm thrilled to be able to do that and have been there. And certainly you're excited and you're, you're really amped up to call a game. But the biggest thing I remember out of that, 
um, is we were in a booth there and working with their people to be like, we need this connection or whatever. It was a little bizarre, but we were in a booth that was a glass booth, maybe more for like an executive that they made a makeshift broadcast booth for us. Because of course at Russian TV, they were doing the game and everything. And it was like enclosed. So I could not actually have the crowd. Uh, I didn't have a crowd microphone and that's all the technology was. I have like the crowd and the broadcast behind me, but we did all the games on the radio uh, two, two and five a.m. I think it was back home in Dubuque, and it was uh, really something I'll never forget. And the crazy thing about it is, like I mentioned, the arena was immaculate, beautiful. Uh, they found out. I just found this out earlier this year. They some sort of audit on it. It was only like ten years old, and there was ninety-five percent structural defects. This thing was literally crumbling. Wow, it was a brand new arena, and they had to rip the whole thing down. The whole thing got ripped down in the Olds team, which is one prominent KHL team. Their KHL team is pretty good, usually. They had to go find another place to play a thousand miles away, essentially. Uh, so the arena we did the games in isn't even there anymore. But just a, a cool experience. A couple of those guys on that team went on to play in the NHL as well. And I mean, just thinking if you're, you know, I was in my early 20s then, and, and the kids on the team are 16 to 20 years old. Then we get to go out and experience that. That's that's like something they'll never get to do again, um, whether they make NHL or not. It just is really cool. Yeah. So we talked with Jordan Coons, the voice of the Greenville Swap Rabbits, who gave us his point of view in South Carolina. Before coming to Hershey, you were the voice of the South Carolina Stingray. They're in-state rivals. What is that hockey rivalry like in South Carolina? Well, you play 14 times in the regular season. At least we did when I was there. We played the Swamp Rabbits and the Atlanta Gladiators 14 times when I was in South Carolina. Of course, you know, the ECHL is a bus league, and, and you need those close proximity rivals. Similarly, in the American League, we play Wilkesbury, Scranton, and Lehigh Valley, the Penguins and Flyers affiliates, respectively. Uh, they're about an hour away from us, give or take. We play them 12 times, so... It doesn't necessarily change even when you move up the ladder, but it was a great rivalry. The Swamp Rabbits had just un undergone the identity change when I was there. They became the Swamp Rabbits in 2015, and their very first game that I was there for was their opening night, and th this story has been told to me secondhand, but I'll tell it from the first-hand experience. We're uh, in the game. It's a 4-3 a game. We're trying to make a comeback. We're losing. It's one of the third or fourth game of the season. And we're trying to make a comeback. We have a game at home the next day, so we have to travel the three hours by bus after. And they scored with a minute and a half, I think it was, left to make it 5-3. It wasn't an empty net goal. Our goal hadn't even gone to the bench yet. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I see carrots raining down to the ice. Literable, you know, big Bugs Bunny carrots. Not the baby <laughs> mini carrots, but the full-size carrots being chucked from all over the arena with some four or 5,000 people there onto the ice and they are hitting the ice and breaking into a million pieces and sure enough you know our coach is pissed because they're having to come out and clean these up now and we have to travel and we're trying to get back in this game but i guess from what i've been told by people that work there is uh the owner or somebody that got this great idea midway through the game oh after we win we should have people throw carrots on the ice and send out interns to every grocery store close to the arena and said buy every carrot and start them out, and sure enough, they did that, but, you know, they scored them in the half left. They didn't think that one through. We had a delay of about 10 minutes for them to the ice, so but we do some wild, fun promotions like the Teddy Bear Toss and Hershey, which creates a long delay for great causes. 
a carrot delay was something I didn't expect, but it's about the most ECHL story that you can imagine there. There's a lot of fun things like that that go on in that league, and uh, it was a great rivalry. South Carolina is a beautiful place, and you know, the Stingrays have been supported very well since 1993. Hershey and the Stingrays are affiliated, so getting to keep in touch with everybody and our prospects play down there is, is awesome. Charleston is just beautiful. Yeah, Charleston, the South Carolina Stingray. You moved up the ladder, and now you had to. You had the opportunity to work with a yeah. former guest of mine in the Tomahawk Roundup with Brett Leeson uh, of the Hershey Bears. What has he contributed this year with Hershey, although abbreviated? And how do you see his game progressing into next season? Yeah, a real big prospect for the Capitals. They felt he was a steal getting him in the second round. The late bloomer, third year draft eligible, took him to get drafted, uh, came into his last season up there in Prince Albert. And, uh, a good kid, a quiet kid that's learning quickly what it's going to take for him to make it as a pro. So if it took him three years to get drafted, I don't think he can expect him to come into the American Hockey League and put up eye popping points. And that's not what was expected of him. It was to get stronger, to work hard in the weight room. Uh, to learn our systems and strategies and, and how to make yourself a pro player. And I think he took steps towards that this year. And there was a learning curve. Uh, being a second-round pick and jumping right into the American League, there's always going to be a lot of eyes on you. But I thought the coaches did a good job utilizing him. He got time in the top six. He got time on the power play. He became a good penalty killer for us and one of the best penalty kills, second-best PK in the league. And he scored his first pro goal uh, in overtime. So we got some time in the three-on-three overtime as well. But there were some nights where he was on the fourth line or did not play. He's going to have to work on his consistency, getting stronger, and just being effective with each and every shift. And that's just the, a young hockey player has to find that. So for me, uh, there's a lot of tools in that box and raw potential that is yet to be tapped into. And you know, on an entry-level contract, you have time for that. So I think it, it helps him certainly that the season ended a little early. Would have been great to see if he could have been a big contributor down the stretch and in the playoffs. Uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing a full summer to continue getting his strength, maybe even extra time to hit the weight room for him and get on a great plan there. And now we know what it takes. It's hopefully going to grow his game even more. Uh, and someone that is going to take a bit, but the Capitals are excited about him, and rightfully so. Yeah, I remember watching his tape when I did my draft special last year. Really a great steal to get him when you guys did. Uh, just just really looking forward to seeing him blossom in Hershey and in Washington. And speaking of Hershey, I want you to tell our listeners a little bit about the history of the Hershey Bears because most people don't know that they've been around for almost 90 years in the International and American Hockey Leagues. What What is, what is the history behind hockey in Chocolate Town? It's amazing, and that's something that you know. I knew being in the game, you know, Hershey. I think if you are a hockey fan, you know of the Hershey Bears, but the history maybe doesn't quite hit you as strong until you get there. And you can read up on it as much as you want, but until you are in Hershey, Pennsylvania, you know, you, you just don't even know. It's such a special place that hockey is king, and it is the place to be in the American Hockey League in my opinion. Now, you can go out to California now, and you can play on the beach, and you can only play 68 games, and everybody's paying good money these days in the American Hockey League. But Hershey, 10,500 fans almost every night, facilities, a passion for hockey like nowhere else in that history, and that expectation to win. And then that development model, 14 guys on the roster for the Capitals that won this Stanley Cup in 2018, at one point had played in Hershey, 
and there's some coaching staff members that have been in Hershey as well. So there's a lot to love there, but you mentioned it. The team came into the American Hockey League uh, in 1938 and has been going on in the age since before that, the old Hershey Bars, uh, playing with a little bit more commercialized name, of course, the talk that we make here. But uh, the Bears are owned by Hershey Entertainment Resorts, which is separate entity from the chocolate company. Uh, but everything is, is is kind of works together here to make this the sweetest place on earth. And the cool, the Bears were actually founded by Milton Hershey, who started uh, the started the Hershey Chocolate Company. So the same guy that started the Hershey Chocolate Company started the Hershey Bears. And if you ever get an opportunity, even if you're driving through Hershey for five minutes and you get a chance to stop by Her- Park Arena, it is one of the gems of the sporting world that you have to see. I just had an amazing opportunity to tour Bob Costas, of course, the legendary former uh, NBC broadcaster, now LB Network around. He was in town briefly driving through. That's where Will Chamberlain scored his 100 points uh, back in the day. That's where the Bears won a ton of championships. It is so immaculately kept, and so much history has gone on through there. We still practice there, but it is a a building that predates everybody, and just a mecca of hockey history that I'd encourage anybody to come through. But chocolate and hockey are synonymous in Hershey, and with that has come a lot of sweet championships and memories over the years. Absolutely. So you have ascended the hockey broadcasting world rapidly from USHL to American League in little over a year. What's next for Zach Fish? You know, for me, it's uh, just enjoying my time here in Hershey right now. You're always looking to the National Hockey League for sure. I'll get to that in a second. Fresh up. Hershey is such a special place. I uh, made it a home um, in Palmyra, which is a suburb here. I uh, own a house. So my wife and I have really enjoyed it here. Started a family. Uh, you heard my little one screaming in the background in this interview. He's nine months old right now, and he's holding a Capitals hockey stick in his hand. <laughs> and noise. So like that, he likes to make noise and likes hockey, it seems like. So uh, those uh, priorities for me right now, um, continuing to grow the operation on a media side, on a broadcast side, and Hershey as much as possible. I want to win a championship here. I want to win multiple championships here. Uh, but, of course, everyone's goal is to make it to the highest level, which is the National Hockey League. I've been fortunate enough uh, to get a t- that a one game with the Washington Capitals in the regular season. Uh, so made my NHL debut in 2018. Capitals and Tampa Bay Lightning, what a game to do. Uh, Kucherov and Ovet Bull scored in the game. Kucherov's the no-move goal he scored on the breakaway where he just let the puck go between the legs a whole beat. Uh, so it was an amazing game. Capitals unfortunately lost, but that gave me that taste. And, and working with the Caps, John Walton, who's a legend in Hershey, one of the best Capcasts in the business, a good mentor to me, and someone that is fantastic. You know, He was at the Olympics that year and let me do that game. Been able to do three preseason games with the Caps, uh, two rookie tournaments now, prospect scrimmages, calling it on the Caps radio network. So you get a taste of that, and you want to get back there, and you want to be at that level full-time. But I'm just 30 years old. Like you said, it, it all happened very quickly. Four years now in Hershey, three and abbreviated, I guess, for this year, depending on what happens next. But you know, I was in Dubuque three. I was in South Carolina for one. I was at uh, St. Cloud for four. So it's nice to, to set down some roots. But if I get that phone call someday to the National Hockey League, that'll be a dream come true. Uh, but this is a place that I really do feel at home and continue to work on my craft and hopefully get to that next level at some point. But I hope there are many more memories, many championships, and get to be a bit of a family man and 
a big staple and member of this wonderful community for quite some time. Because as I tell people all the time, we want to get to that highest level, but when you place that you're very happy in as well, uh, you're not necessarily thinking about that every day. It's always in the back of your mind, but I you know, just want to continue to grow and get better as a broadcaster. I think that's something that we can all do every day, uh, whether we're in our jobs, a hockey player, a hockey broadcaster, always just working to find something to make me better than I was yesterday. Absolutely. Anything else you want to add for our listeners around the world, Zach? No, absolutely. I just wanted to say thanks for having me on. A nice potpourri you got going of broadcasters and, and players and everything. And uh, I know Brett Bowling, you know him well, one of the many good guys in the in the ECHL, a great lead down there as well. But we're all looking forward. I want to say everyone, stay safe. And, and if you're ever in Hershey, Pennsylvania, uh, shoot me a message. My email is the only one listed on the Hershey Bears website. I get all sorts of wacky emails, but you know, would love to meet some of the listeners and, and give them a chance to see Chocolate Town up and personal. It, uh, it is really a cool place. I'll just end on that. If you've never been to Hershey, PA, um, there's Chocolate World, where it's the biggest chocolate store in the world. Hershey Park is amazing. Uh, a ton of roller coasters there, a full theme park, and of course, the history of the berries. you got sports, sun, and but all together. It's a heck of a place, so hopefully some of the listeners can make it out at some point. Absolutely, Zach Fish, the voice and the heart and soul of the Hershey Bears. Zach, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, my pleasure, Frank.